Welcome everyone to another episode of the Re-Evolve Media Revolution podcast, where we interview hip-hop artists from across Canada and point out some of the wise guys among them. My name is Jordan Lewis. Today's episode features The Wise Guy. Oh, it's a wise, wise world, my friend. In a way, life is like a trek through a labyrinth. We can trace it back whenever we feel, using memories as our guide, and we can move forward to discover and explore. Choosing one path over the other, dangers lurking around each corner, with opportunities equally as frequent. One beautifully obvious thing to note is that in this labyrinth, we are not alone. It is beautiful because it is both a gift and a curse. It's easy to forget that others only know where they have been, and not all paths have carried the same weight. It's easy to forget that the path of those we grow fond of may diverge from our own. And it's dangerous to forget these things. There are many reasons I could tell you why it's dangerous to think that someone's journey was the same as yours, or to think that their paths and endgame will be the same. But it all boils down to being lost. It's a wise, wise world, my friend. Pay attention to where you are, stay focused on where you need to go, and if you see some lost souls along the way, you'll do more by showing them that progress is possible. You can see it in the wise guy's craft, you can hear it in the way he speaks. He's something of a hip-hop shaman illuminating the labyrinth with style of his own personal finesse. So with that, let's get moving. What is up, everybody? I've got Nick here. He goes by The Wise Guy. He's hailing out of Duncan on Vancouver Island. What is up, The Wise Guy? Yes, sir. Hello. Yo, how you doing today, bro? Man, I'm, I'm doing pretty swell, man. Pretty all right. How are you pretty doing, swell. man? I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. So I've got to hear that, yeah, you're out of uh, Duncan on Vancouver Island. I'm actually not too familiar with the area, if whatnot, but were you born and raised there? I was, man. I landed here in Duncan, BC around the time of uh, six years of age. I guess I moved here and grew up here in this little small valley and on the island and amongst the trees and the mountains. And it's a very <laughs> a pretty place, man. I highly, highly recommend coming here. That's dope. Before, before six, where were you at? Oh, well, I guess I was born on the island, man, but just moved to Duncan where I've grown oh, up, I but I was born saying. in Victoria, which is, you know, just south of Duncan. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. I yeah. See. Yeah. yeah I kind of moved too- around a little and moved around between, you know, Seanigan and a couple places, man, but started, started living in Duncan and growing up here and haven't left since, man. It's my little home. Love the place. Uh, no doubt. Since you since it's, since you've been there since being six years old, you're probably very familiar with the place. It's more than home. That's that it well totally. that is home yeah that's totally, dope man. man so when did you originally start releasing music i've got you pegged here that since uh 2014 you started kind of like putting stuff out taking it seriously in 2015 you released uh yourself in, in a music video called patches uh the wise guy but when did you first kind of get inspired to start putting yourself out there and creating content that can be found well man I guess it would have been like, I was in like grade 11. It was like the summer of grade 11. I met these two homies, man. And well, basically first, man, I should, of course, how can I forget, man? My man, Flavor Houdini. Flavor Houdini. used to go by the Poncho Kid, who used to go by Cosmo Beats, who used to go by DJ Wrecking Ball, man. We go way back, (laughs) like me and this guy. We've been friends since we were like 
youngins, man. We used to busk down in Victoria. I used to play the drums and he used to rip a fiddle and stuff, you know? And That's crazy, man. He so, was, yeah, he was always making beats, man. And back, This is back in yeah, grade 11 like, when you first linked up? What no, year is that? man, even, oh. even, even earlier than that, man, like middle school days, bro, this man, guy was rocking days. Ableton, man. His dad got him on Ableton young and oh, he started sick. making beats and it just made sense that like, someone had to rap over him, you know, and that was me and my buddies, right? But it was around grade 11 that I met these other two homies through him, right? And they rapped and they were pretty good. And so I started rocking with them and just kind of freestyling and like trying to record tracks. And like, we had no fucking clue what we were doing, you know, but like we were just having fun and it was like rapping in the park days, man, you know, like. For sure. What year is grade 11 just so we can kind of timestamp it? That would have been like 2013 for me, bro. 2013, okay. Yeah, Yo, summer 2013. And then like, I guess I graduated in 2014. And that's when I truly came out of the rap closet, man. Like that senior year of uh, high school, like the last couple months, I was like handing out mixtapes and telling people like, yo, I'm a, I'm a fucking rapper, you know, and like hey, doing it the old school way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And it was kind of funny. Cause like, I've never really been too, too with like the shits, you know? And that was like right around the time that like SoundCloud rappers became like a fucking meme, you know? For sure. And yeah. In I a was, good and bad way. In a good and bad way, man. Totally. And so like, I was like totally that guy, but like kind of unaware in a sense, cause I'm a bit of a caveman when it comes to like, you know, the technology, technology and yeah, phones yeah. and social media and all that kind of shit, you know? <laughs> so a bit of a cave dweller, you know? So sure. yeah, bro. So anyway, I kind of started rapping with those guys and we were rocking like basement shows and backyards and like doing lots of stuff. And I started kind of like, I didn't tell my parents or nothing and like didn't tell a lot of my friends and stuff. And like, I was like sneaking out in class, you know, and like skipping classes and getting my one homie to My one buddy, Tristan, man, Tristan, he was fucking parking his car like out in this field for me. And I would go out there with my laptop and I'd like record my shit into like some headphones, you know, like a mic on a headphone set. Yeah, whatever you you got at the time. Yeah, totally whatever I had and just like started cutting these demos and stuff. And I met a really good friend of mine, Kyle West, who's still a good friend of mine. And we collaborate on lots of stuff. He's a roommate of mine now and I'll get to that later. But yeah, like... He really brought, you know, made me like want to put out music. He was like, this shit's dope. You know, like you got to put this out. Right. And he pushed me, like told me, like put out this music, you know, so started putting stuff out like around then, like just like CD style, SoundCloud style, you know, and um, I started hosting, like I started going to these open mics at this local rag here, man, this spot, uh, the Duncan showroom, this old hippie guy, Long John. He runs it and he runs like the longest music festival in the world here. It's 39 days long and it's a bunch of like, it's a bunch of folk music. It's kind of, it is what it is, you know? It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild, man. It's pretty wild. You know, old folks love it and shit, but you know, (laughs) I started rocking at the showroom, like lots of open mics, like sneaking out and like not really telling people like where I was going and, you know, not telling my parents and shit and I didn't really have the, I didn't have the confidence, man, like at first, you know, and. But you knew what you wanted to do or were you focused or or did you have a plan B or other plans for potential avenues of what you wanted to do? Totally, man. Like going out of high school too, I went to um, trade school and I got my uh, first year sheet metal and metal fabrication ticket and my apprenticeship. And that would have been 2015 when I graduated, right? And like everything tanked, you know, in Alberta and like just the whole 
trades industry really like took a hit wasn't, wasn't so doing anyone any favors for sure totally bro so like yeah i couldn't find a job and i ended up just like bartending and serving tables and like working that kind of that dig for a bit and that's when shit kind of started to like take off too is like when i was sort of finishing um my schooling like my college there because that's when I sort of reunited like was at the end of high school when I started doing these like open mics um at the showroom you know I kind of got the link with Long John and I started doing these like hip-hop nights right and I started getting other rappers from around the way like coming through and like doing these shows and so we were all rocking and that's when I kind of reunited with those two buddies that I'd met and they went by uh the crab man and flow and we were rolling yeah on like the Houdini as like, a, as like a rapper duo yeah, man. Basically, it was Sick. like me and the crab man holding it down like all through like the end of 2014, like into 2015. And like after we started doing those open mic shows, we had made like um, or those like uh, showroom shows, the hip hop nights there. We had kind of made a link and started doing these open mics, these hip hop open mics in Victoria, which is like a that's like the capital of BC. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. kind of a, it's a bit of a bigger city, like, you know, on the island. Right. It's probably the bigger spot. And so that was like that was a huge time, bro, for like island hip hop, because that was like a thing that was like a staple, man, that brought out so many closet rappers, because like, as I said, like it was like the wave of like SoundCloud rap, right? Like 2014, yeah. 2015, 2016. Right. And so these shows were popping, man, like tons of everybody's people came getting through. onto it at kind of the same time big time man everyone was copping like usb mics and interfaces and free hey. loops and like getting down right so you know tons of kids were coming out man and tons of people were coming out and like some really good mcs came out and like they're still around bro like i've gone on tours with a couple of them and like you know i remember the first time like they had ever rapped in front of a crowd you know and it's kind of cool man to like be a part of this scene for the last couple of years like here on the island and watch certain people grow and you know there are some heavy hitters around here, man, like a couple people, you know, on the island that definitely making waves, I think, in the Canadian scene and the BC scene. And for sure, man, it's fucking dope, man. You know, it's dope to be close to it. Right. For sure. I think it's really interesting how seasoned you are in the scene, man, because not a lot of people can say that not only like having started as early as 2013, 14, 15 ish, but uh, just putting yourself out there in shows like immediately and then doing open mics like that. And then probably obviously maybe not to this day. I don't know if you're doing anything recently, given the circumstances circumstances but you know what i mean totally man yeah totally no i'm that's that's been my whole dig and that was the funny part man when i reunited with the two homies the crab man and flow we were rolling like as arizona back then that was our group name right and yeah. we were rapping over like the houdini beats he was going by the poncho kid back then you know making all our beats and stuff and we were rocking these open mics like tons of songs man like we had like a good catalog of tunes never recorded any of them man like never That's got crazy. a solid recording. Like we had had a couple sessions with a couple people like that tried to help us record shit and like just flaked, man. And like nothing ever really came of it. And so that's we were why rocking, Patches like, is a fucking 18 track mixtape because when you finally got to it. Pretty much, bro. The roster pretty much. was loaded. Yo, that's dope. You dug, man. You dug. You checked out Patches, man. That's sick. I looked into it. Thank Dude, you, man. Bless. Well, I got to say, man, and kudos to you because... I can tell you're you're more than just a rapper, man. You're you're like a true artist. The amount of like soul in your music and the variety in your style, especially like going back to that earlier stuff from Patches, I was getting the way you pick your beats and the way you tell stories, man. It reminded me of one of my favorite artists. I don't do you do you listen to Isaiah Rashad or have you ever? 
Of course, man. Of course, yeah. man. Bless, man. That's that's quite the comparison. Thank you, man. Well, I, I was I forget which song specifically it was, but I caught the vibe off of a specific song, and then I noticed it in a couple of other tracks. In in a sense, like just the way you pick your beats, and like I said, your storytelling. It, it's super dope, man. You come out of the gates 2015 with that, or I guess 2016 was the official release of Patches, but you put out that music video in 2015. Yeah, 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 man. That was with my uh, homegirl there, Inanna Inanna Kuzi. She's doing big shit now over at SFU, man. She's in film school and she's made a couple oh, short damn. films, and yeah, she's really cool, man. And it's cool to like reflect on that video like i got the short hair and shit and my oh, mom yeah, you're, she, you're a totally she loves, different dude yeah she loves that one my mom she's like oh my old wise guy you know she likes that one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the short hair and shit now i'm like the long-haired hippie but dude man bless because yeah that that project like it was a lot of it was a lot of me and like you know it was a rough time too the way that things kind of went down just with arizona like and it and it it is what it is like you know it's cool me and Flo and uh, Brock, like Crab Man, we had worked it out, like we were all cool, but we really got going, man, like with those open mic shows. Um, we got some fallout, or was it like just music related? Or was it, it was like- just honestly, it was like we were just growing up, man, and finding like our paths and just schedules didn't line up and uh. things just didn't work out. Like, we started rocking like quite a few shows and like some bigger shows. Like, we ended up opening up for Dub C, he came into town, and that was like. Damn sold out district like nightclub show and that was really cool man That's seeing dub c to crip walking and shit but uh yeah man it was it was cool like just rocking with them and then you know the homie crab man he went on and he started doing um upright bass man started playing jazz bass and he went into the jazz program up at viu and he's been just going brazy since i'll, I'll get to that later man he came like played a show with me like last year and it was it was sneaky as hell man and he's got this hot trio the brock brock meads trio and they're gigging everywhere man and they're doing crazy shit but he just kind of lost i think interest in the hip-hop and he kind of moved on you know flow he kind of got going more on like the art and the fashion and me i just kind of stayed strong and like i was always brewing those solo songs that were on patches right like meanwhile while we were making all this Arizona stuff, you know, and a lot of these shows, man, I would end up doing like a solo set too. And, you know, I even got invited out to do like solo sets just as the wise guy. Right. And so that was kind of clear that like, that's, that's what I was going to do, you know? And that's dope, I think, man, I never caught any of the releases from Arizona. What era was that under? What year was that in? Well, that was the thing. We never released anything, man. Oh. Like not a single recording ever came out. The only thing that's out there of Arizona is actually on patches, man. And it's that song papes. Oh. and that's us and that was on shot tv out here we got on a shot tv no like uh yeah a little and that was right before man like that we did that recording for shot tv it was for this um island hip-hop show that the guys that were doing the open mic shows in victoria yeah. um they were running the show on shot tv and they featured us on it and shit and it was really cool and like that was the only recording that ever came from arizona so i had to throw it on patches because like that was a part of the journey man that was a part of like me that was a part of that era you know and that's sort of what patches was like it was supposed to be like you know my my teenagehood my high school years like encapsulated in this you know sort of message man to just like follow your dreams and like do what makes you tick do what makes you happy like find your peace because like your soul or will hurt if you don't you know what i mean and ultimately man that's what life's about man life's about experiencing what you want to experience you know 
For sure, man. And that's crazy the way you put that. Essentially because this was your first release and it was like 18 tracks all together. This probably, um, the 18 tracks all together were probably created over the span of a few years then, hey? So it is literally pa different patches and portions of your, uh, your life there. Big time, man. Big time. I think, uh, you know, the one track there that I... Um Fuck yeah, I rapped over Miles Davis, man, the Billy Blues track. I'm pretty sure the first time I recorded that joint, like, um, I did it in my buddy's bathroom, like, right before, like, we went to this, like, rowdy high school party, and, yeah, some shenanigans went down that night at that party, for <laughs> sure, man, but, yeah, it was just kind of funny to, like, reflect, like, that's, like, a pretty heavy song, and, like, you know, I was just, like, recording it in, like, a bathroom, you know, like, some of those songs are recorded in, like, cars, you know? Yeah. That's so, crazy, yeah. man. I think that's so dope because even what I was saying is like for somehow you still have the quality in your content, man. I know like the, the bars and the delivery are on point, but I wasn't turned off by anything at all. Like I couldn't tell you were recording from whatever you were recording from. God bless, man. No, thanks, man. That means a lot because yeah, a lot went into that. And like, um, I'd love to give you a physical copy. I'll have to get your Addy, man, because I still oh, be have badass. a few. I still have a few kicking, bro. I made like these badass CDs. My homegirl, I grew up with this one too, man. My homegirl, Gina, man, since we were like kindergarten, bro. I remember going to her birthday in like kindergarten, man. That's how small the town Duncan is, man. And like we grew up and she started doing way more art and she's got her own magazine soul sucker zion and so i got her to do like a bunch of art for patches and like we kind of collaborated and i made little art books and like custom looking cds and they're pretty nicey man so whoever has one out there is lucky and it's kind of funny man patches is one of those like mysterious projects that like just pops up and it's kind of hard to find that's why i'm surprised you've heard it you know because it's like i think just on soundcloud online these days like physical copies and soundcloud but this buddy I know, man, he bought a car from someone and was just like, it had like a disc changer in it, yeah. you know, like a six disc, disc changer. Yeah, and he was yeah. just cycling through and patches came on. No and he was like, way. yeah, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And it's one of those things, man. I've had people tell me like, oh, I just found a copy like somewhere like laying around like or a copy just appeared like in my car or something, you know, like it just... Man, it comes a, to you, you know, that's a dream. You. Yeah, that's dope. If, if you put it out there, it's just it's up to the elements on where it pops up, right? Fuck yeah, man. Totally. Totally. That's so fucking cool. And one of the big things I'm picking up and getting just conversing with you here, man, that I, I you can tell it from your music and, and the different elements of your music and that like how the people you work with to this day or people that you used to work with, you either still work with them or you like know what they're up to and what they're about. Totally, is, man. I again, try to, not a lot of things, not something that a lot of people can say. Totally, man. I try to keep, I try to keep a tight circle around here, man. And I really try to work with like local people and especially like, you know, I call them family, man. Like, you know, sure, especially the day these ones. days. Yeah. The day ones, man, especially these days, like I've got just such a solid crew of people that are like my friends, man, like longtime friends that are like supporting my music and helping me grow it. And it's like, I'm just blessed, man. I feel so humbled that, you know, these guys have stuck around me too. Cause like they could easily just been like, you know, rip, wrote me off like that meme. Like, oh, if you're having a bad day, think of that. Think of that guy that's still in your hometown that's trying to become <laughs> trying a, rapper. To be a rapper. Like, yeah, yo, that's it. me. That's <laughs> me, man. <laughs> you know what's funny? I find about most of these like diss uh, memes or whatever, like they're hilarious and they kind of hit home. But like, it's the it's the rappers that like laugh at it that are putting those out there. 
Fuck, man. I'm having a good time out here in D-Town, man. You know, these days I'm sitting here in my own studio here, man, and it's a pretty big fucking room. And like we were throwing Dude, like crazy badass. shows up in this joint, man. And that's what it's kind of grown to. And like, I'll tell you, man, when I started this thing, man, when I started like rocking, you know, in ca the car, man, like, you know, my buddy Tristan driving it out to that field and shit and me like recording out there and skipping art class or whatever bullshit, you know? And yeah. Yeah, I just told them, man, and I told my friends, like, you know, the few that I told, like, I was like, I want to rock shows, man. Like, I want to have, like, a crowd. Like, I want to have a crowd sing my lyrics back to me, man. Like, that's all I want from this shit. And it was fucking crazy, man, just that feeling to, like, get on stage and, like, start rocking those, like, small open mic shows. And, like, you know, they grew pretty quick, man. Like I said, like, Arizona, we were rocking, like, crazy shit, to be honest, when I think back. Like, we had a lot of fun, you know? And it definitely, it's growing, man. And I feel like I've gotten to that point, like, you know, last year it was like february um i had the fresco domingo my latest album release um party here at my little underground studio here in duncan um and it was sold out man like big crowd of motherfuckers and they were all singing back the one song man restless and like i'll never forget that moment man it was just like like crazy man like goosebump shit you know, That's because it was crazy, like, dude. you know, it felt and I know it was like a room full of my like a lot of my peers, my friends, like my local community. But like, that's what I've been working for, man. That's what I wanted. Like, that's what I told this homie when I was out in that field, man, like it's all I've worked for. So it's like if that's achievable, man, like what the fuck's next? You know, it's for sure, dude. And it's like as much as you're saying, like, it's a pretty huge memory for yourself. I'm sure a lot of the community really respects and appreciates that memory and what you did for the scene then and now, man. Totally, man. And we're just going to keep growing, man. Like, you know, like I said, I got a small circle, man, but like, I'm always, always trying to grow and meet people and include people and give people opportunities, man. Like, especially now having this studio and like, I know it's COVID right now. And that was the last show that we threw was that Fresco album release. And yeah. prior to that, like I had junk here um, in November, like around oh. this time last year. I don't know if you know him, BC rapper. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, he came through and that was a sold out show. And before that, it was like just all like local dudes coming through. And, you know, we were definitely getting set up, man. Like come 2020, like January, February, we were gearing like to go full tilt through the summer and like be hosting shows and bringing people from the mainland and like going really hard. And then COVID unfortunately hit, yeah, you know, the so had to get slammed. Yeah, breaks just have been slammed, but I've kind of um, become more of like a space holder here. You know, my roommate, he sort of moved on and it's pushed me to collect like all my own gear, all my own shit. And I've like put some lipstick on the pig around here and spruce <laughs> things up. It's looking like, you know, a lot a lot more organized than we once were, you know, it's actually yeah. looking pretty professional, I'd say, man. And, you know, my plan right now is to start doing like live stream shows. Like I want to start doing live stream digs here and like, for sure, getting, man, that's the natural progression for sure. For sure. Cause I feel like online. man, totally. And like so many people haven't done a show in so long and it's like, just like, you know, I'm sure people would just love to get on stage and like rock a mic. You know what I mean? Like, even if there's no crowd and it's just a camera, like, you know, get your people to tune in, man, or like record it, post it, you know, that's kind of a, 
kind of the idea. Get yourself in that performing headspace and make it happen. Make it count. Totally, man. And that's kind of what I've been doing here. Like lately, like I finally feel like uh, the space is at a good at a good point. You know, I've been working on it for like months and months and months here. You know, acquiring gear and just materials and building it. Yeah, Yeah, man. Yeah, we're gonna have to send you some bids. We'll touch more on that actually once we get back after this break here because I'm very curious to hear more about your your studio, especially in the beginnings of it. So we're going to take sure. that quick break I told yeah, you about. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Cool, dope. man. Cool. We're going to listen to a track by the wise guy titled Rash Decision featuring Knox. Enjoy. Everybody says this sounds French. So I met her at a party once Smoked a dub with her twice I ain't gonna front too much She joined a session that night But that's really alright Pass to the left of me mm, What do you see? A couple of friends and they don't want her to be Talking to me Kinda shocked to see her Walking away with a group of bad seeds like Go on speak but I ain't gonna listen Because I got no time Unless you make a rash decision So don't overthink it Make some bad decisions Because me and my crew We making rash decisions Come on and I'm seeing loud Walking slurred and I'm eating sound Rocking words and I'm reading crowds Body curves made a father proud I'm ready to hit the town for no reason She bought my coat and now I'm freezing So I pop my keys and lean in my seat in And then start heavy breathing Featuring her flask of rye Bob Dylan and the air was dry Can't describe such a feeling but she dared to try Second fiddle with some other guys Come swiddling, popping some riddling Chilling these blanks they ain't feeling And just listen to what you've been missing Then make a decision Giving a fuck it baby You wish you did Come on Speak. I ain't gonna listen because I got no time unless you make a rash decision So don't overthink it, make some bad decisions So friends like, oh no, oh no, no Go on speak, I ain't gonna listen because I got no time unless you make a rash decision So hop in this hatch and make some bad decisions Because me and my crew Drag on with enough time to get some slang on Bragging on whoever the fuck wants to get stuck Trying to bring the ruckus next to us You don't see the nexus I flow chrome wheels on a Lexus Bigger than Texas but never bigger than Biggin How you bigger that figure girl You must only get with our indie singers Hope the baby just watch That's all go no Bruno Playing Uno with you know who's ho But she ain't worth no motor Me than a food coat That's just food for thought Like who's in charge Don't snooze too long cause I'll prove you wrong And when they thought I was gone See me rolling up to the party saw Banging on my Craigslist car like Go on speak I ain't gonna listen because I got no time unless you make a rash decision So don't overthink it, make some bad decisions So friends like, oh no, oh no, no Go 
unspeakable I ain't gonna listen because uh, I got no time unless you make a rash decision So uh, don't overthink it, make some bad decisions Because uh, me and my crew are making rash decisions Come on All right, everybody, I am back with The Wise Guy. The Wise Guy, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? It, I'm, I'm doing great, bro. Is it weird if I always call you The Wise Guy, or is it? do people just call you Wise Guy? Or? That's cool, man. Yeah, that's totally cool. Okay, cool. Perfect. Just making sure. We were talking about your buddy's name transitions earlier, the different alias he's gone under. Have, did you just land on The Wise Guy and stick with it, or how'd that even happen? You know, man, it was the first show that I rocked with those two homies, man. You hit um, a show before having a name? Yeah, yeah like I was hey. basically getting up with them and I was like, they were like, you have to have a name. And you know what they were rolling by back then when I met them, man, they were rolling by G-Spot. So G-Spot. I, yeah, G-Spot. Hey. So I figured I was just a <laughs> member of G-Spot, you know, but they were like, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta have your own solo name. So I was yeah. like, fuck. And I was like really feeling, that was like summer of grade 11 and I was like, really watching Goodfellas, you know? So I was like, yo, like, uh-huh. call me, like, MC Pesci or, like, you know? And they were like, how about, like, Wise Guy? And I was like, okay, that, yo, that wise works. Guy. So I was like, okay, MC Wise Guy. And then it was just kind of became, like, the Wise Guy. And I just kind of stuck with it, man. And really, like, I've kind of hated it at times. Like, I've, like, wanted to change what? it several times for sure, man. Because there's some other Wise Guys out there, you know? And oh. Yeah, there's a couple, but, like, there's... There's really no wise guy, like just the wise guy, you know? So I don't know. It's I've battled with it, but I kind of feel almost like it's like a, like a Three Stooges kind of like, I ain't a wise guy, you know, and that kind of like <laughs> sarcastic sense, you know? But that's the thing, man, is that I'm like this young, like, oh, wise guy, but like I'm trying to learn every day, man. I'm trying to like grow with the name and become a wise guy, you know? For sure. Yeah, it's, that's it's, how I kind of, that's how I treat it. That's how I look at it, you know? I like it. And I think everything, everything, especially in hip hop, should have that. You can take multiple angles to it. It really just depends on how you're looking at it. For sure, man. And like, now I'm trying to brand it kind of like, you know, it's a wise, wise world, man. Hey, isn't it though? Yeah, it's a wise world. You got to be wise, man. You know, because there's a lot of crazy misinformation out there, man. You got to use your head. You got to be wise. You got to be wise, man. Let's let's talk about that real quick for the for a sec since you brought it up about the the misinformation. What do you think is the wisest point to take when it comes to just constantly being fed not even necessarily misinformation but just just opinions that aren't necessarily yours? Oh man, it's really tough to not wear tinted glasses and I think that's something we all struggle with especially today. Right, dude? Having Just having even subconscious biases, man. I, I hate it. For sure, man. And it's, yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's really, really tough because it's not as easy as people say, you know, to just, oh, like, tune it out, you know? For sure. Yeah, I think, like, um, you've just got to kind of roll with it and, like, decide for yourself what feels right, what sounds right when you say it out loud, but sounds right when you say it in your head and your heart, you know what I mean? And you just got to sift through, man, and definitely don't just believe what, you know, your homie says or like what you read on Facebook or whatever, right? Like just, you gotta, you gotta think, man, be wise, use your head, like do some critical thinking, man. People, people lack critical thinking, you know, and we have a lot of choices, a lot of options. And I think that 
boggles people's minds, you know, and they get I all agree. fucking mixed up, stirred up, and they don't know what to think, you know. So. That's part of the problem, bro, is people, we got so many options, but people don't consider that scope of options that we do have. Totally, man. Gotta That's be a what, critical thinker, you know, you gotta decide right? for yourself. You just, like I said, man, do what feels right, you know, in your head, your heart. I mean, when you say it out loud, like, you know, but it's, it's tough. Because people prove me wrong every day, man. You know, it's because the goal is to kind of be, in a sense, unpredictable, unpredictable, yeah. but like in in a natural sort of way. Like you're actually you're considering your options, and it's not what people think you're gonna do, or it's not what everybody else is gonna do. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I think like that's something too that uh, we struggle with a lot as humans, just being embarrassed, right? Like no one wants oh, to be embarrassed. Sure. No, that's like the worst. Dude. Worst possible thing is to feel embarrassed, you let's, know? Let's so. segue that into, because we've talked about some awesome shows that you've had, some fucking dope memories you've created, but in, in being a part of as many shows as you have, there there had to have been those moments where you're hitting that note, what we're talking about. Oh, man, big time, man. And like, yeah, you know, that's a, good, that's a good segue, man, because... You know, it was a challenging time, like after Arizona broke up, right? You know, I had like, um, you know, patches come out like basically the following year. And 2016 was like a really crazy year for me, man. Like, you know, putting out patches and having all this material. Yeah. And that summer, right before I had gone on a little tour um with a beloved guy man great guy man dj weasel bless his heart man he's from edmonton i don't know if you've ever heard of him no i can't say i have oh man he's been around and like that's the thing weasel's been around he's a great guy man like he had gone on tour with like some legends like cool keith you know and that's dope i'll look into it most deaf and like he'd repped like a lot of sets man and he's a wicked dj like one of the best i've ever seen or heard live man like with my own two eyes you know and I met him, oh man, through like a series of shows, like, you know, I'll save that story for another campfire, but, you know, <laughs> basically sure, like sure. one day, man, I'll, I'll tell you this one. Basically one day I rolled in, I was, I was like feeling kind of sick before this one show at the oh, showroom. Shit. Yeah. With uh, the so you knew there's... it was going to be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, I rolled into the steam room, man. And uh, <laughs> here in Duncan to just kind of try to clear out and like, you know, I yeah. used to do that, you know, quite a bit. Go to the steam room, like it's sauna, do that move, shit. Yeah. And so I go, yeah, I go in there, man. And there's DJ Weasel of all the people I could see in the world, man. Like there's DJ Weasel in the steam room. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing here, man? And he's like, oh yeah, I'm DJ in the show tonight. And I'm like, cool, man. <laughs> like, I, I guess I'll see you tonight. Right. And yeah. so we kind of connected there. We started chatting and then I saw him at the show and he was like, man, you should come on this tour with me this summer. Right. And oh, I was damn. like, you know, okay, sure. Like where, where are we made. going? You know? And like, yeah. So I start. yeah. I met the guy in the steam room. Kind of <laughs> fucking weird, man. Be- just, beginning just of a very strange friendship, man. Yeah. Just yeah. trying to get over my sickness. But anyway, <laughs> This dude, man, we planned these shows and we ended up going like um, out to Vancouver, man. And that was that was the beginning. That was the first show. It was down on Main Street at this uh, sushi bar, man. And it was like a bar and like a, like they had sushi and shit. And so I was like, OK, this is, this is going to be interesting, right? Yeah. So I bust all the way out there, man, with my bag and shit. And like the only stipulation, because this was back like 
this would have been, yeah, 2016, man. And I was just like really like hungry, man. I was just trying to like jump on any opportunity to like make links, like meet people and, sure. you know, kind of do it the old fashioned way. Cause like I said, man, I'm kind of a caveman, right? So I jumped <laughs> the on the opportunity and yeah, I bust my ass out there, man. And like, I remember rolling up and it was like this pretty shitty looking spot. And I like rolled up to this upstairs, you know, and there was like one family sitting there eating and like two guys oh, at the man. bar and then just like the group that was like there for the show, right? And luckily there were some island homies there, man, Switch and Morgan Murray. And, you know, I had kind of known them like from doing shows. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, man. Switch, Switchblade. The names are familiar, yeah. Yeah, he he's definitely making some waves, man, here on the island. And, you know, that was back, you know, four years ago, right? And so anyway, did this show, man, for like the one family, the two guys at the bar bounced, you know, so I'm rocking this show, whatever. I just <laughs> felt like kind of an idiot in this sushi bar, you know, and we were all yeah, kind of yeah. just got through a set, whatever, you know, and there were some people there and, you know, all these guys talking, oh, I'm a producer, I'm this, that, whatever, you know, and so I'm hanging around and, you know, Weasel's getting pretty drunk, man. And he, I guess, met this girl or something and they were hanging out and they were getting pretty, pretty drunk. And, you know, I don't know. I just lost track of him. And then he bounced and I called him and he's because that was the only stipulation I told him. I was like, I'll come. I'll do these shows with you, man. But you have to have like a place for me to like rest my head at the end of the night. Like I got to have a place to stay. You know, wherever you're crashing, like, I'll just crash on the floor. Like, it's all good, you know? Especially if you're busting, bro. Totally, bro. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can stay in my hotel and shit, right? And so he fucking bounced. Then I call him and he's like, oh, yeah, man, I'm I'm going to this art show. And like, I, sorry, man, I'll I'll catch you later or whatever. I was like, what the fuck, right? So I ended up, that's kind of when I befriended Switch, right? And that's the beginning of like, you know, that was the beginning of like quite the friendship. So you know, I stayed with him that night. I slept on the kitchen floor. It was fucking rough at his buddy's house, you know, out in East Van. And it was all good, man. But like, you know, I ended up, I had this show in Surrey the next day with Weasel, right? And uh, Switch and Morgan Murray, they had to go back to the island. They were doing another show. So I had to go out to Surrey. And before I went out there, I called Weasel and he's not picking up. He's not picking up. And I'm like, yo, where the fuck are you, man? And finally picks up and he's like, oh man, I took the first ferry to the island in the morning. And I'm on Vancouver Island, like back, like at my home, man, like in Nanaimo. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? So he's like, yeah, yeah, go rock this show in Surrey by yourself. And I'm like, no, man, I'm not Damn. going to, like, I'm not rocking this show in Surrey. And it wasn't like heat or nothing. It was just like this, yeah. like, cafe, you know, but I was just like, or but bar if he's the or DJ, something. What I don't are you going to do? Introduce yourself? Yeah, it was his show. I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck, dog? So we went back and I rocked a couple more shows on the island with him. And then I agreed to go to, Nelson and Kamloops with this guy, man. And I was really hesitant. I didn't really want to go. I was like, oh, you know, and so I ended up fucking going and it turned out to be like a really great experience, man. I rocked like at Bloom nightclub up in Nelson and that's quite the spot, man. It's got like this big, cool plant wall, all these plants growing and Yo, it was oh, pretty damn. cool, man. Good little crowd and, you know, met some cool people and shit. And then I rocked at this, uh, this strip club, man, in Kamloops. And that was quite the sight, man. Because is this all the way part they, of this series, or this one tour? Or is this these... one tour, man. Oh, yeah, this shit, one okay. tour. And oh, this damn, is the so... thing, man. It kind of turned out is kind of my point. Out, yeah, like, it started like fucking you know, Some shit, shows yeah. were pretty fucked, you know, but then it all turned out pretty That's all right, crazy, you know, in man. a way. The strip club show was pretty heinous, bro. Like, 
they ran it Heinous. like stripper rapper stripper rapper. Oh damn! So every time, every time there was a stripper up, there was like a big crowd, you know. And then every time there was a rapper, everyone just went and got a drink, you know. So That's that kind of was what it was. Dude. But it was still kind of cool, you know. It was going all the way up there. I'd never been to Kamloops or Nelson either, so it was kind of a nice little road trip in the summer. And I came back and I ended up doing a little California trip just with my buddies. Went to a festival down there in October, and I came home and put out patches and you know then i started grinding man working on that tape vines the ep you know yeah and for that, your 2018 those, release yeah bro and through those years man <laughs> those were some growing growing years man and there were some growing pains especially with the shows because like i said in the beginning man that's always been my bread and butter is performing man and getting live and getting on stage and i'm a showman you know so there were some tumultuous times doing local shows some pretty rough bars some pretty rough spots man and just like a lot of shows with crickets you know yeah a lot of growing pains man through those years before we jump into your your vines your ep there uh i just gotta ask one question about the the stripper rapper scenario was did they have a a person who was both a stripper and a rapper to finish off the show. Oh no, man, that would have been lit. That, that would have been that very lit. That would have made it legendary, eh? That would have made it very legendary, man. Oh, I think man. actually I closed the night out that night, man. I oh, went dude, that's at actually like one thirty in the morning, man. Yeah, and like it, yeah, it was it was all right, man. It wasn't it's too bad. Right. I, yeah, yeah, it was like right before the club closed and shit, and I kind of got stiffed, but it was Fuck, cool, man. Okay, so it was it, what it was, what it was, you know. Oh, man, yeah. Well, let, let's jump into your your uh, your project, The Vines. Here, it's a four track EP, and for for each release, you did a a music video edited, uh, filmed and edited by Colton Parker Davis. Yes, sir, is, man. You got that was. Mad art- Dude, so many artistic elements involved in this project. Yes, sir, man. That was the beginning of quite the relationship with Colton, man. Because, like, I went to high school with the guy, man. And he was um, living out in Alberta for, you know, a couple years after high school. And I didn't really see him for a while. And then, I don't know, I just connected. He reconnected with me. I reconnected with him. And he's like, yeah, let's just shoot some music videos, right? And we had done that one joint with uh, Jelly Note the oceans, you know, and, um, the oceans joint. And that was our first project together. And then after that, we started tackling the vines, but I remember the first night, man, that Colton and I filmed together. Cause we had been talking about it. It was even before we had done oceans. It was this, it was like may I remember. Cause like the carnival comes to Duncan in September and like may around that time every year. Yeah, Yeah. And so, uh, I was working at the bar at the time and I had just gotten off at around like, you know, seven o'clock or whatever. It was, I worked like an afternoon shift and Colton comes in with buddy there, Cooper, tracksuit Terry, you know, and he comes running in and he's like, fuck, we got to go film at the carnival like right now. And I'm like, dude, like <laughs> for, for what? Like, I don't even have a song, man. And he's like, just, just pick a song, like any song. And at that point, like I had only had tasty, yeah. you know, kind of like roughed. So we went out to the carnival and this dude, was um running the merry-go-around and we were like yo like can we get on and like film and he was like yeah yeah sure he was like a cool like young guy and he was down and he let like just us get on the ride and i think we bought tickets that night we did buy tickets or whatever crazy yeah we got on and just kind of roughed it right and we never ended up using that footage because we were like we got to go back and like do this proper right and man we went to the carnival and duncan like we chased like six carnivals to film that video, man. No way. Yeah. Yeah. We had to chase these carnivals. Like we showed up at one carnival that didn't even 
exist. We were told that this one was out in Sydney and like went there and like it's fuck all going on. And that's crazy, oh yeah, man. Dude. We went to six carnivals before we got that tasty video done, man. And that was that was quite the effort, you know. And dude, one of that the takes times, some mad drive, big time, man. One of the times out here in D Town, too, man. We were just getting heckled. All these kids were following us. The carnies were like giving us like a really hard time, and like. <laughs> You know, and this is the thing, man, like we only had like we could only shoot our shot basically like two times a year. Right. You know, so we fucking went to this one carnival in like the fall and we were tried filming and like it just went so horribly, man. And like we walked out of there like feeling just pretty dejected and like, you know, people were laughing, like just heckling us, man. Like that classic, you know, what we were talking about, man, like people just oh, fucking SoundCloud rapper over here, you know, fucking. Yeah. But my question for you in that when you were recording, were you uh, were you actually rapping the lyrics along to it or were you just like kind of mouthing it? Oh, I was trying to, you know, rap it, man. But, you know, we played like the song song, right? With the lyrics, right? For to sure. sync it all up, you know? So yeah, yeah. people are like, oh, yeah, he's just lip syncing, you know? But <laughs> I always try when the music videos, man, actually rap the shit because it just comes. I don't know, man. I struggle with the the lining of the lips up to oh, the lyrics, sure. you know? So it's. I wouldn't doubt it. Just, I'm just saying it's because you're, you're in public. Like I can imagine the amount of attention you'd get for like doing that and like at different volumes too, right? And different intensities. Oh, Totally, man. Totally. You know, and this was the funny part, man. That had happened. And then we chased the carnival down to uh, this other part of the island, right? When it had moved down there like a couple weeks later. And this was kind of our last shot. We're like, man, like this is the last one till like next May. So if we don't get it, like we're, we're fucked, you know? So yeah, we went out to this Luxton rodeo, man. And lo and behold, man, we went to the merry-go-round and it was the same guy, man, from the first time Colton no and I way. went out filming. Yeah, same fucking guy. And he remembered us and he's like, you're still working on this same video? So and we're like, yeah, <laughs> that's, man, that's well, you let us on. Well. Dude, he ran the merry-go-round for like 10 minutes straight, man. We were like dizzy getting off it, man. Dude. But we filmed like the whole video. Guy was like a total beauty, man. I don't remember his name, but like shout out that fucking guy, man. You know, and it was just so funny because like we went through like, kind of hell and high water man like a lot of drive to like get that video done and like that was sort of like one of my first projects with colton and you know he just like was persistent man and you know i think that's one of our best videos still to this day man i love that video and yeah he showed me it just he's he's a good guy to work with man for some reason, that was the first one that I watched and I really enjoyed it. it. It's the one that inspired me to watch the rest of them, actually, because I was like, holy shit. Like, I, dude, I didn't know the amount of effort and time that went behind it. I thought it was a lot, but that was, I'm understated in my head. Yeah, right man. Now. Yeah, man. That's yeah. crazy. But yeah. we're, we're, we're pressing our time here. Let's let's jump to the next project. Or is there any anything else out of like the vines that you want to quickly, quickly touch on? Because well, we're yeah. still in 2018 here. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just like going through those years, man, is when I started throwing like a lot of these local shows, you know, and I started doing shit at a lot of bars, man. I was yeah. doing um, shows at this one local bar here that like a lot of the people go to here in Duncan. And, you know, I, my my motto there was just like, I'll take it to them, you know, and see if they like it instead of trying to build. Smart. and hope they'll come you know i and like that yeah they were pretty successful but they were fucked man like the one show like we sold it out before we way oversold it you know and so we had like lineups like down the road man oh, like no. you know because it was a popular night spot right so we had yeah, like yeah. our crowd plus like all the people that didn't even know there was a show you know and we had sold a bunch of tickets in advance so you know a lot what of learning curves on? man say what 
was this like a Friday, Saturday night? Oh yeah, man. It was like, they gave us like a Friday, Saturday night Damn. spot. And yeah, it was pretty sick, man. And like, we made some good cash and like paid our artists, man. And we had, and it was kind of the beginning of like my promoting days, but through that, man, I had some really bad experiences too, you know, with just people and drunk driving and just a lot of bullshit, you know? And shit. I just kind of was like, I'm done, man. I want to stay away from local bars. And the bar started kind of fucking me around. So I was just like, man, I'm done. I'm not doing shows until I can like own the spot. You know what I mean? Like it's, I got real estate. Right. And so I moved into this little, yeah, man, I moved into this little studio, like around like 2018, uh, 2017, 2018 towards the 20 end of 2017, I guess it was. And yeah, it was, it was 2017. I had this little spot and, you know, basically I had that spot for a year and then I got introduced to, um, well, not introduced. I knew these homies of mine, man, Mika and Kai, um, Mika had this night spot going here in Duncan for like quite a few years, right? And he basically invited me to come in. And that's when we started doing these crazy shows at this kind of underground DIY venue, right? And I moved in there. Yeah, it was like the end of 2018. And I've been here since time and space, baby. And that's, that's what it is, man. Yeah, man. That's so and crazy. So it's been kind of like a wild ride to get to this point where like we hold we hold ground here in Duncan now, man. Like you know, I think we are really like manifesting like a scene and there are other little venue spots popping up and there are other people throwing shows and there are other people like doing things. But, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like networking out of like this space, man. A lot of people are meeting each other and it's really cool to like help nurture that, man, you know, because oh, it would happen anyway, but it's just cool to help provide a space that nurtures exactly that you know 100 percent, i agree with that man and it's because if you weren't nurturing that space you'd go you'd be the one seeking it out as well right totally man and like you know it's like limited here in duncan there's not a lot of shit to do man and you know i think i see it man i work in it right and you know kids just turn to substance man younger and younger and just they're bored man and you know dreams are worth a lot, man. And it's, I think it's cool to see like more and more. And that's why I always welcome, man, like more and more people to like start rapping, start making beats, like get creative, like do something because it just, it keeps you busy, man. It keeps you distracted, you know? For sure. And it's not, yeah. it's not competition when you treat it that way. It's just community. Fuck yeah, man. That's what it's all about, man. I'm all about community, man. That's dope, man. And so- yes, sir. We don't have too much time to touch on the, the 2019, 20, 2020 releases, but um, or unless there's anything in particular you want to talk about there, but what, what more or less is coming up for the wise guy in the near future? Like, what, what do you find? Because I know before or when we went on our little break there, you were talking about how uh, the shows you were hosting were ramping up. And then now we're in a, in a realm where we can't do anything close to what we'd hoped to. So what's what's coming up? What's next? Yeah, damn, man, we really ran out of time, but you know, and that's kind of the beauty, man, with this uh, this journey of the wise guy, man. I won't talk about myself, you know, third person, but you know, that's what that's kind of what I'm trying <laughs> to create, man. You know, it's this uh, this world, man, and you know, I guess the last couple of years you didn't get to hear about, but you got to hear about all the years that you know you might have missed, and I guess the music's there, man. The blueprints there. You can just dive headfirst into Fresco Domingo and ride it all the way through Extendo, Enormous Ice Day. Next up, baby, we got Aqua Dip, man. That's December 13th. Oh, and hell yeah. I think that's this uh, the next song. This probably like the last song maybe you'll be playing 
on the uh, on the uh, podcast here, oh, man. Oh, dope. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's my next release, man, December 13th. It's produced by my man Flavor Houdini. You know, we had taken a little trip down to uh, Los Angeles earlier here in 2020, like right at the beginning of March. And we have a good friend, man, who does all our mixing, mastering, that was living down there working in a studio. Oh. And yeah, he was doing some cool shit. And so we went down and we cut some tracks with him. And that's basically like all the recent ones that you've heard, like uh, Enormous, Ice Day, Aqua Dip. I started down there, but I ended up finishing back here in Canada. My roommate here, uh, Tristan Renaud, he recorded it for me. And uh, yeah, it's pretty vibey tune, man. I guess I'll, I'll just let you hear it. But, you know, what you can expect from me, man, now I'm just on a single series, bro. The when in Rome single series, you know, it took 500 years for uh, Rome to collapse and I ain't collapsing, man. I'm building. So, you know, each, each single is a brick, man. And I'm just putting out singles from now till the end of time, man. That's like Bob Dylan's never ending tour, man. It's like the never ending single release series, you know? Amazing, amazing. I actually just wanted to say one thing because I was hoping to bring this up uh, from, uh, I'll make it super quick here, but Cookie Pack, I had to give some respect to the music video for that because I, I don't know, I love laughing at music videos, man. And Yes, kudos, sir, man. Kudos yeah, to Cookie cheers, Pack, man. bro. Cheers, man. Again, my man, Colton Davis, man, he is the hardest working videographer in British Columbia, man. Like that dude, he is going places, man. He's doing big shit. And I think that cookie pack video, man, that one stressed us both out a little bit, man. It took a long time to film. <laughs> I you don't know, doubt it. Yeah. You know what was the problem with that one, bro? We just kept waiting for sunny days, man. We started it no. at the end of summertime and we finished it like at the end of winter, man. And so we Damn. were just always waiting for fucking sunny days to go out and film, man. Like, because it's always wet here on the coast, bro. It is always wet on the wet coast. That's hilarious, dude. But it turned out, man. It turned out. It's a pretty funny one, man. Is there anything you want to say on your sign out to anybody that might be listening right now? Oh, just shout out everyone, man. Shout out you, man. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me, man. Of course, of course. Yeah, man. I really, I really appreciate it, man. Shout out, you know, the flavor Houdini always hold me down. Colton Davis, Elijah, man. My girl, Bella, my mom. You know, patches up in the sky. My dad. Yes, sir. That's, That's it. Word. Patches patches up in the sky. Yeah, man. He he passed away, man. Right right after I released the, the project, man. But oh, he's always dude. with me, man. Peace and time can heal every soul, bro. That's crazy. So patches the mixtape was also an ode. Kind of an ode, man, but it was like not really an ode because he was still alive, you know? Oh, when I was like putting it all together, right? And he passed yeah. away like right after I put it out. It was oh, man. pretty fucked up timing, man. But yeah, he was a good little dog, man. And, you know, he just was so peaceful, man. And that's what I took a lot of inspo from was just like, man, this dog just he's like, just he is peace, man. He's just chill, man. Dogs are everything. Dogs are fucking dope. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, bro. I really appreciate you taking this time. It's been a great conversation, man. Thank you. It's been really great conversation, man. It's been really great talking. All right. Well, link with you later. All right. Most definitely, man. We will definitely link up again. Hell yeah. Okay. Peace, bro. Aqua Dip, December 13th. Let's get it. Peace. I hope you enjoyed that interview with the wise guy. If you want to learn a little bit more about him, head on down to www.reevolvemedia.com forward slash the wise guy. And just to end it off, we are going to listen to a track by him titled Aqua Dip. Enjoy and take care.